Suave Afternoons, Suave Afternoons. This is Brother Suave, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, and creator. Hope you guys have a nice Suave of the day. Yeah, and with that, let's commence to pay. Okay. I'm so swabulous, you so swabulous. Together we can fix the trauma that's befalling us. Divine social interactions remains marvelous. Mind blowing, swabalicious talk, higher consciousness. But think, let not your hearts be troubled, Dr. Brother Suave. Divine light give you double. Greetings, this is Dr. Brother Suave, your mind blowing, thought provoking, eye opening, one air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator and Divine Social Therapist and host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swap. Listen, I'm back. I'm so back on this beautiful July 26, 2023. Listen, it's been about almost two months, but I'm so happy to be back. I'm back in the seat, being able to be the host, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swap. It's a blessing, and I'm just happy that God allowed me to see another day that I ain't never seen before, another day to get it right, and another day to tell my friends, my family, and those I respect and love, I love them. And I love you. Thank you for showing up on season five, episode five of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swab. Listen, I'm not saying I'm grateful and giving this view just to do it. I really am grateful. I'm grateful in so many different ways. I was sick. I was torn down. As you see, I don't even have my same voice. But I was um, I was broke down and I um, somehow contracted um, some other version of a virus. It tore me up. Although it took about three weeks, still, uh, my voice was pretty much destroyed. I couldn't do the show. Uh, I could barely talk. And um, I had uh, some continued coughing spells. I had to even go back to the doctor to give me some medication strictly for the coughing because it would not... Excuse me, it would not go away, but again, I'm happy and blessed to be able to, to, to be here, to, to show up. I got my health. And again, I, I don't say I'm, I'm blessed and, and showing gratitude because I'm just saying, you know, people just say things by habit. I'm blessed in so many ways because I have friends and family that love me. I am um, able to do the things I want to do. Uh, I have a, a beautiful career, beautiful children. Um, beautiful queen, I, I'm, I'm the dreams, everything pretty much that I wanted in life, I have achieved, you know, and one of the things I, I'm blessed about is that I'm here. That's why I say another day that I've never seen before. And I'm blessed because I grew up in a very tough um, uh, environment where I always had to watch my back, uh, being able to um, survive those, those environments, being able to go to combat and seeing thousands of deaths, my friends dying in my arms and all the killing, all the, the death there and, 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 and being able to come back and I'm living, get an education to, to, to be able to survive a stabbing, just so many different things. And I'm here. You know, God gave me another day to get it right. I'm not preaching or anything. I'm just being grateful because we take things so, so granted. You know, when I go places and I come back, I said, thank God I made it. You know, I was home, you know, and a lot of times, you know, when people uh, work in law enforcement, they say, man, the, the, the biggest goal is to make it back home. And I, I just I'm just happy that I'm making it back home, literally and figuratively in terms of home, physically getting home, but home and reaching the things that I wanted to um, 
reach in terms of goals and objectives. So I'm 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 blessed. Um, I'm really really blessed in so many different ways. And so um, you know, again, you always got to have gratitude for everything. You know, um, have gratitude for everything. Don't take things for granted. Anybody know when I'm posting? I'm always saying stop taking people for granted. Call them. You know, I do anybody who know me, I, I call you. I do those scenarios where people say I didn't have time. Or I didn't, I said, here, do me a favor. I'm gonna call you. We're gonna role play. And I'm gonna call you. And as soon as the bell rings, you know, you start counting. And you tell me how long it took out of your time to call somebody. So this would be the scenario. Hello? Hey, I just calling to see how you're doing. I know you're busy. Um, I don't have a lot of time. I just want to hear your voice. And so um, I just want to make sure you're all right. So we'll talk later. 12 seconds. 12 seconds. Just, just call some friends and family members just to let them know you love and you were just thinking about them. It doesn't take too much time out of your life. And a lot of times we spend so much time um, making excuses instead of coming up with solutions. So this is what we're going to do. Um, make a commitment. Make it more of a commitment. Promise yourself that you would do better in life. Each and every day you try to become the best version of yourself. So um, I'm not going to do so much talking because I've been doing talk, but again, I'm happy I'm back. So I'm going to be having, um, oh, I almost forgot. I just want to give um, special shout outs, uh, some birthday shout outs to um, my son, which is on, uh, was on July um, 17th. Um, my queen, hers was on the um, 20th. My daughter was on the 25th. Just want to wish you guys a happy birthday. I know you guys enjoyed yourself and I love you guys. Um, and I continue to just be grateful for blessing, being for the blessing of seeing yourself um, see another year that you would never seen before and always appreciate that. So again, tonight we're going to be having some mind-blowing, thought-provoking experience with my very special guest, Mr. Um, Kingsley Grant. And before I get into it, I've been knowing this brother for about 20 years. So not only just my colleague, he's a dear friend, a person I have a lot of respect. We um, um, always edify each other in the success we make um, as professionals. Um, he, I had him on my show before, and I just remember um, he was always helping me in grad school because anybody know I'm not good at um, technology and stuff like that. And I think it was a PowerPoint um, presentation. I still remember that. And even when we talk about it, he always laughed because I could not do a PowerPoint. And it was it was just like I didn't even learn how to cut and paste until 2009. I just one of the things, again, I, I always struggled with technology, but um, I do strive and I get better every year. So um, I just am happy. And this brother is a great, great person. I love him, respect him. And so I'm going to just tell you a little bit about him because he's definitely going to share a little bit about himself, but I'm just going to share some things about him because this man is a, an absolutely amazing person. So um, Kingsley, Kingsley is um, a national international transformational uh, speaker, certified leadership and relationship coach, adjunct professor, published author, podcaster, and licensed marriage and family therapist. He specializes in helping individuals, couples, and families get their desired results by teaching them practical interpersonal and emotional intelligence skills. Mr. Grant is a proud father, husband, and man of faith and entrepreneur at heart. He is the president of Helping Families Improve, Inc., and a, a, a company 
that focus on improving communications within relationships. And let me tell you, this brother is going to set it on fire. He's going to uh, empower us. So what we need to do is listen, pay attention to everything he has to say, because again, we have had so many organic conversations um, dealing with the state of relationships. And so our tonight's topic is going to be talking about the father, the founder, and the foundation. So without further ado, let's welcome my brother, my friend, my colleague, Mr. Mr. Kingsley Grant. Awesome. Hey, man. <laughs> it's awesome being here. I was really sitting back there thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I'd like to know um, to be introduced to that person you just talked about. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a cool person to be. So thank you for that uh, nice inter, um, inter, introduction. And it really is a privilege and an honor, man, to be sitting here with you, my friend and colleague and long time, you know, yes. you know, knowing each other. And so it's a great, I'm looking forward to tonight. We're going to really have a very great conversation. Yes, yes, man. I'm, I'm just so happy. So um, I know I gave a, 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 a little brief um, introduction of yourself. So before we get started, just tell them a little bit about yourself in your yeah. own words. It doesn't have to deal with those what I gave, but you, you have your own things because I know you accomplish even more. <laughs> yeah, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. So I want to set this the stage. That was, if a person you're listening and you hear my accent, you know, I'm from Jamaica. So that's my I call myself the you know Jamaican guy who is sit beside some Jamaican microphone, you know. Because <laughs> yeah. when I talk sometimes, that's my unique specialty. That means that when you hear my voice, you won't forget it. And so that's one of the things I want to kind of mention up front. Yeah, and so you know, um, not only the things you mentioned, I think what I'm most proud mm -hmm. of is the fact that you know, with God's help, I've been um, married for 38 years. So that is really, and I just celebrated my, my wife and I, our anniversary just um, a couple of weeks ago. So that was really, a, a, it's a mile marker, getting close to 40. I'm thinking like, man, it wow. just sounds to be a long, long time. You know, it's a long time, but it's, it's been good. It's been good uh, to adult uh, kids who still want to talk to us, still want to be in our, in our lives. So that's a good thing as well, too, like you mentioned about your son and your daughter. It's so many um, parents don't have a relationship anymore with their children for what, one reason or the other. We're not here to point fingers or to throw shade. It's just what it is, right? Yes. But so thank God that we were I have to have that. And so, uh, and for me, a big uh, component of my life we mentioned earlier is my faith. I truly, truly, that's one of the most um, the anchor, the thing that informs me and and helps me to uh, make decisions and how to plan things and strategize. And that's a very important part. In, and those who know me, and you, you know that as well, too. It's a very big component of my life. So I just wanted to add those pieces. Yes, that's that's the thing. Um, one thing I, I, I see, um, a lot of times people say, um, I'm not a religious person, I'm a spiritual person. But, you know, I try not to get so caught up on what particular right. religious philosophy and how spiritual are. But a foundation is so important. Very. Because it gives you some morals and values, no matter if you're Muslim, a Catholic, yeah. or a Jehovah Witness, or a Christian, mm -hmm. or a Baptist, or whatever, it gives you that foundation. And, and 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 I believe personally, each one of those religious philosophies still have 10 basic principles that ultimately make you a better person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think I'm glad, you, I'm glad you touched on that because, you know, I, I look back and uh, my wife and her, her parents 
right? Talking about foundation. They, until death, right? My, uh, my mother-in-law died first and then my father-in-law died afterwards. So they were married for, you know, almost like 40 plus years, right? My, my own parents, uh, my dad died before my mom and they were married for, I think it was like 40 plus years themselves. So that foundation is so critical, right? So it gives us a, a reference point and, and to look at how did they do that? What were some things we learned and some things we need to unlearn, of course, right? Some things that not mm. everything they did was perfect. So that's a foundational piece. Also to, for me was to have a, a, um, a community that really mm. helped me to drive this foundation and <clears throat> my beliefs and just the things that my, my, my compass, you know, my morals or my mores per se, to allow me to have anchors because we all have need to have anchor points because storm's going to come you know mm. life's going to we're going to get shaken by some things and the yeah. foundation determines how much we stand if the foundation is not firm when that storm comes you know if i in 2008 when i had an open heart surgery that was a storm in my life right a storm in our lives and and here we were and so if we never had a foundation to hold on to i don't know how we could have made it through that you know, mm-hmm. so foundation is so critical for the things we're talking about today. And for me, I believe that those are some of those things that has helped to hold us mm-hmm. in times of struggle and storm. And when that wind comes, man, it really what keeps us uh, um, anchored. So that's a very good point you're making about the foundation. Yes. And and, and again, our, our topic is dealing with the father. Uh, the founder and the foundation. And so again, I, you know, everything I do, I do from a social, spiritual and clinical perspective. So I'm just going to just have, um, how you doing? How you doing, um, Brother Chad? So the found, the father, I'm going to not even go spiritual. I'm going to say the father is just something that creates everything. Mm-hmm. And then they the founder of civilization mm-hmm. and they create a foundation for us. And so the foundation helps us know where it come from yeah. and its purpose. So when we look at like mores, generational mm-hmm. value systems, mm-hmm. and I see so many people don't have that father, meaning yeah. understanding that father, that foundation, and try to keep things in perspective. Because what happens is you say the anchor, when things get bad, it determines how you stand. Yeah. And what I realized that when I look at what's going on in society, it could be our age, it could be younger, it could be uh, generation after us, but I'm looking at, it seems like so many people don't have a foundation and you can hear it in their voices. You can hear when they don't have any respect for a foundation. They don't have respect for a founder. They don't have respect for father, both Mm -hmm. spiritually and, 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 and socially. And so you can hear how people, they lack respect. They they don't understand boundaries and they just Mm -hmm. say any and everything. How you doing brother Wally? They -hmm. say anything. And I see that the value system has been lost. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 sometimes with all this information for the life of me, I don't understand why we at this state, because we have access to a lot of information that I know we didn't have in the 70s and 80s when I was in school. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. even, think about yeah. it. Even when, when you and I was in grad school, yeah. they didn't teach us so much on trauma. We had to learn that as professionals. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of emphasis on. So but now mm-hmm. so it's so much access and we I, I just don't think. We should be in this place now. Yeah. And, and and I see a lot of people struggling and trying to make a connection with a spiritual father, mm-hmm. but don't even co- connect with a natural father. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a very such a very important point you're making because I think that is so critical. Again, going back 
to even my own relationship, you know, my or the, my father, who I, you know, we grew up in a home. Thank God we had a home that was very intact. And so we had our, our, our father there. And mm -hmm. um, the, even though my dad didn't show the affectionate side, he was more that old school kind of a sturdy kind of, you know, you know, man who don't, men don't cry, men don't get, you know, huggy and all that stuff. You got to be tough and that masculinity. And, and, and it's not like he was somehow trying to prove a point. It's just his... His um, era he grew up in, mm -hmm. that's what it was like. So what happened, though, but having him there, there was something about the father that even my mom, you know, she was as much as she uh, loved us. But that voice of a father that speaks into the life, especially of a boy, but even a, a girl, she needs that father side as well because she, mm -hmm. she has uh, some masculinity in her. We all have a combination, mm -hmm. right? And so having the father when he steps up, it's a whole different story. It is. It, it, it brings, it's like, you know, this is dad showing up and you stand ready because, you know, it's that respect idea. And, yeah. he's not, and he didn't go and put up with anything but that. So that father uh, figure, just to have him there, shaped the way yes. that we think about authority and we think about the elder and, and honor and respect. All those things, I believe, a father imprinted on our hearts and it's such a very important part and i am so sorry for people and it's not their fault but some people who never had that you know we can see how it's playing out in our society today unfortunately yeah and, and the thing is you see how um how we're looking at one another you see how we can see and yeah. people don't understand balance and this is what i'll be talking about order see a woman don't exist without a man a man don't exist without a woman and see this is how we create so let's say when it comes to balance, because I believe in balance. So like looking at the father, his presence, yeah, and then the mother and her presence. So here's the child looking at those two entities, and this is how he can see the example of masculinity, and he can see the example yeah. of femininity. And so I never believe overcompensation is never right. Now, I'm not saying that right. anything is right. so bad about a single parent household. I don't right. because of right. the circumstances. Right. Sometimes right. the poor decisions on either side. However, I think we sometimes, if you can make the, a, a better choices on who you couple with, a lot of things we have better outcomes. Right. However, it's important that the children see how a man, because lives yes. can really get blurred when one parent is trying to overcompensate yes. and trying to play the birth role. In, in addition to saying I'm the mother and the father, when yes. you can only be the parent and the mother. Exactly. And you can only be the parent and the father. You can't yes. be both because, yes. you know, it's just, and this yeah. is what even now, the lives are being so, so blurred. And yes. we have to understand how balance is so important. It's yeah. so important. That's why I say, you know, when, like when guys, we get frustrated in terms of our relationships, we never say we don't need a, a, a woman. Because right. I know I do. But right. women sometimes, so when we try to right. talk to them and give them some constructive criticism, it's the guards are up. And yep. trust you, ladies, we love you guys. We're not saying anything right. to attack you. It's just a matter of when we know our role, like we was ordained to be the head of the household, mm -hmm. we're not making this these rules up. Right. These are God's rules about right. head of the household right. and, and, and in almost every area. Um, yeah. I'm not for sure what particular, I don't know if it came out of Ephesians or something like that, saying oh, man is the head of the household, yeah. as Christ is, mm -hmm. and, and you should be um, not yeah. submissive, but to every part of a man. Right. Um, oh, but so, and, and, and I'm not sitting there saying having a control and a dictator and a right. person abusive. Of course not. But, but understand the order. And, and so when so many ladies, because, yeah. you know, our counterpart, they have way more education and spend more time in the church than we do. And these are the things they struggle because 
And again, these are not my words saying the weaker vessel because God knew the yeah. beginning and the end and he knew what was going to go on. So he ordained mm -hmm. us to be that because this is a part of our responsibility and we have to show that that leadership role. But we're not saying being controlled. And I think sometimes when people make long-term bad decisions over and over, it and it makes it difficult for them to have the trust and dealing with a man, not a grown boy and adult male, but a man. And we have to be understanding and empathetic to what they have experienced. Yeah. But we have to have an honest and open dialogue with one another. And that's where I think people just, you know, sometimes it's this, um, you know, this knee jerk reaction to something they're here. And because they have been so um, conditioned by the culture and that it has an agenda and, and many times it's undo what really works, right? Because you take away the, the fabric of the family as it was outlined and it should be. You weaken mm -hmm. that. You're going to weaken the society as a whole because that's what creates a strong community and a strong yeah. society. And so there's an mm -hmm. undermining of that from a very long time. And this movement underfoot is to say, oh, we can do without a man. And, and, and I think which I love what you, uh, you said earlier because I do believe that 100% too. Just this morning I was in my walk and just reflecting and thinking and praying. And that thought came back to my mind where, you know, sometimes on Father's Day, and I, I get it, I understand. I'm from a single parent um, home, household, and a mom would say, you know, happy Father's Day to my mom. No, no, you can't. She's not a mom. She's not a father. She's a mom and a parent, not a father. And when she tried to overcompensate, it, yes. it, it blurs the line for that yes. child and confuses that child because mm -hmm. moms cannot, cannot, um, you know, uh, reproduce masculinity. Only masculinity can reproduce masculinity. And I'm yes. not, you can never cut it any other way. The same idea of femininity to femininity. So the yeah. idea of saying, no, stay in your lane and be the mom, the best mom and the best parent you can be, and allow the child to be exposed to some masculine, to men who can help to, to um, deposit in him what it means to be a man. That's very important because that's a father fabric that's been formed and shaped and being, you know, wired into that young man that needs to happen. If we don't, we're going to lose a generation. Yes, absolutely. And, and you're right. I, I think about some of the things, you know, my dad wasn't perfect by a long shot, but I just think about the, 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 the times we would just talk about certain exactly. things in private and, and a lot of things, you know, cause see one thing about what I've learned in life, you know, <clears throat> like with my clients, I used to always say, um, I'm just looking for the good and your strengths. I don't look for the weaknesses. Yeah. I don't look for, I just look for the positive characteristics yeah. of you. And so I remember, um, I mean, I would just disregard anything that was negative about them. And I create this positive thing mm -hmm. and I know the bad, mm -hmm. but I would create this positive thing because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, just like when you're eating food and you have ways to getting rid of all the toxics, and you accepting the vitamins. And so I embrace all the positive characteristics in them and 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 made that a part of me. And so I would remember you would say, um, um, because you were saying something about the um the, the bumping, not bumping on the head, but anyway, you were saying you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane, we won't yeah. have no accidents. And yeah. so I realized that it's because of overcompensating yes. and crossing the lines and boundary crossing relationship between men and women are That's clashing right. because. They're thinking they are men. They're thinking they are masculine. They're thinking they're the head. Yeah. And so when a man knows his spot, he he almost have to fight for that. And it shouldn't be that. 
<laughs> because he's not going to overcompensate and try to breastfeed the, the, the baby. He knows yeah. his limitations. Yeah. And, and we all have limitations. You know, and like you say, there's the certain things we can't put femininity in a woman. Right. Like she can't put masculinity to a man. Exactly. But the thing is, when we try to verbalize and share, it seems to be an attack. And that's just not what it is. It's our, our responsibility to bring things up, to keep balance and keep boundaries from being crossed. Yeah. And I think we have to have that level of respect. And I think um, that's a big struggle in our society today, because um, when I talk to um not grown boys and adult men, like um, <clears throat> Sheldon was saying earlier, I don't think they realize that men have some of the same conversations, same experience, same ideologies, yep. and those seem to conflict with those grown boys and adult males with our women and their experiences with them. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, well, nobody never told me that because you haven't heard it from a man. right? And then right. it seemed like what we're talking is attacked, but really it's it's we're we're recovering, we're yeah. protecting, we're yeah. loving, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and so when we say anything like if we if they happen to go somewhere and they say, Well, I was all right, I say that's not the issue. Yeah. I need to know you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. I need to know you covered. Yeah. And so that language itself is saying, Hey, I care. Yes. And that should be a priority, you know, because mm-hmm. you we make you a priority. And so I need need to be fulfilled by just letting you know that yeah. you're okay. And I think some of the things throw, even opening up the door, mm-hmm. I can do it by yourself. It's not that you can't, we know that. Right. But my, my role as a man or a gentleman is yeah. just want to do that because it makes, it makes me feel good that I'm covering you. Yeah. That has nothing to do with anything monetary. Yeah. You know, and these are things that are important to us. Yeah. I think it's, it's given us a chance to really live out the things that are wired in us to be a protector and a provider. Right. So however that may look, just giving us a chance to say, hey, you know, let me let you be the man here, because that's what feeds your soul. Like you just said just now, like, for example, um, my wife, when we go out to eat, for example, and say, she said, OK, let's pay it on this car for, you know, whatever. And she may be the one who's carrying the card. But you know what she does? She hands me the card to pay for it, even though she's carrying the card, she hands me the card. Why? She wants to just let me feel a sense of me being a provider in that moment. Those things is what helps to keep us, it, it's, it's like gasoline to our tank. It's like oxygen to the fire, right? So we need those things. And somehow I think when a, a woman hears and doesn't have the context and understand why we are wired this way and why we want to do yeah. those things and why they should give us opportunity you know, they hear something totally different. Yeah. Control. No, they're not understanding that we are advocating for them. We yes. are on their side. We want to yes. see them be okay. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we want for them. You know. Absolutely. And, and the weird thing is, as I often say, it seems like we at odds, and like anything we do in terms of a masculine and leadership role is questioned, but yeah. we don't question their role as a mother and a lady. And, and so it's like, you know, it's just, and these are small things that yeah. I see yeah. in couples yeah. with uh, clients coming in. Like the funny thing is like, she said, well, every time I turn around, he's buying a pair of Jordans. <laughs> well, we know guys like feet, yeah. like rims right. on cars right. and sneakers. You know, right. we may not worry about the nice clothes, but we love our sneakers and yeah. our rims. Yeah. Now watch this. Well, but if you go to our counterparts, they have a million shoes, <laughs> million dresses, 
and it has never been worn before, but they they don't understand, you know, that the corpus callosum and their brains and their double standards and their subjective way of thinking, you know, they, they can see us, but yeah. they can't see themselves. It's like, yeah. if you happen to say, and of course, I don't, I'm not going to be using any profanity, but let's right. say they called you in a relationship, they called you the N-word, a very mm-hmm. derogatory word, and then you retaliate and call them a B. Oh my God, how dare you call me that? <laughs> Wait, did you hear what you just called me? Mm-hmm. Not being mindful of, of the actions. And sometimes we waste, like this is a very key point. Cashier Dale, she said, people like to argue for nothing. And mm-hmm. this, again, these are simple things we don't even need to argue about. Yeah, Your role as a, 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 a wife or a woman and his role as a, a husband or a man, we yeah. shouldn't be fighting for that. Right. We shouldn't fight for this. And when we 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 supposed to know where we at and what we're saying is, and if it's any type of struggling, that's what communication is all about. Yeah. 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 I think that's where, you know, and I mentioned earlier about I think a lot of the topics that you're you've you mentioned tonight about fi- um, father, founder, foundation, because even the idea going back to even that's what's leading to the uh, I was, um, my mind goes to the founder idea, right? The the founder. When I think about that, I think about okay. I, I wrote an, I wrote a, a post uh, a few uh, maybe a week or so ago, and I said um, I don't own a Tesla, but I, I if you have uh, if you want to give me one, I can I, I'll take it, right? So mm-hmm. I said I don't own a Tesla, but if, if I did, you know, here's what I I know: I, said, I would not go to a Toyota manual to to figure out how to rock to to keep that car at its optimum optimum. You know, I would not go to a Ford manual. Right, I'm going to the founder's manual, which is the Tesla's. That's a founder who says this is the best thing. This is the way the car operates at its maximum. These are the things you need to do to have the car to Mm -hmm. um, to run uh, forever. For example, right. So I'm going to reference that. So the founder, I believe, of even marriage and relationship, you know, my uh, my for my contract is God, and therefore Mm -hmm. I want to go to the founder and say, what do you say about what makes marriage? And relationships work. How we yeah. treat one another. How we yeah. respect and honor one another. I want to hear that, and I want to take that into my relationship. I mean, I take the founder's um, idea of what a marriage or a relationship should be. I should be okay if I, if both persons are practicing and doing their best to live up to those standards. I think we have a good chance of succeeding. And having a car, our relationships run for a long time. But when mm-hmm. we, if there's one person who's uh, referencing another founder's manual, mm-hmm. um, or, or both persons doing that, you're gonna have problems. You're gonna, yeah. it's, not, it's not gonna work. You know, it's not gonna work. You can't put diesel, diesel gasoline in your, um, you know, car that doesn't run with diesel. It's gonna mess the engine up. Yes, right? and, and, and I remember. Uh, I'm trying to remember what what this was particular class that we had in grad school, but it's called, it's like family life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Cycle. yeah. And we're talking about, cause you know, it, it was even talking about, it didn't talk about equal yoke, but it was still saying, um, dealing with blended family. So let's say you're a Muslim and this person is mm-hmm. a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to say those are their fathers. Mm-hmm. And then the founders mm-hmm. are different yeah. and the foundations yeah. are different. And so yeah. when they come together, it's going to be some conflict. It's just like when night and day yes. can't can't cohabitate. They can't. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand these fathers. Remember, I say everything will be from a social, spiritual, and clinical. So the father is whatever who's the founder of that philosophy mm-hmm. and creates those foundations. 
And, and when people are at odds, they're going to bump heads. Yeah. So you're having people who have totally different perspectives in life. And, and, and I think they, they don't take any of that stuff into consideration. I don't think they take any of that stuff into consideration. Yeah. And, um, which is unfortunate because I mean that's where I think sometimes we we, we find these cracks, um, our cracks form. We find these gaps are in the relationship because there's it's, there's this constant battle of say mm -hmm. what do we reference? If you don't, that's why I think sometimes we you know when I have clients working with clients as a couple, and say they may come in and I wanted to get a good feel of where they're both pulling towards. What are their overall objectives? Mm -hmm. What are they here? What are they presenting with? I want to see if they're on the same page, if they're pulling in the right direction. And I want to help them to be able to find a way to get themselves on that same page because I yes. realize that if they don't get on that same page, they're going to have problems continuously. So my job is to reflect back to them and say, hey, listen, what I'm seeing in here and here is that you're, you want to go this way and she want to go this way. You're going to have some issues. How yes. can we find a way to get each person on the same page to pull in the same direction? Yes. But if you don't have a, a, a one common manual that you're referencing, you're going to have confusion. So I would say, you know what, about the clinical idea. So here's how your brain is working. Your brain is being constantly bombarded by so many different things. And all the neurons mm -hmm. and transmitters are going on in your and firing up in your head. Yes, so what happened is then we need to find a way, right? We need to find a way to get those 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 neurons to fire together, right? Because of the whole idea about what firing and wiring. Get it to, yeah, to, to fire together so that you can have an opportunity for succeed success. So when I put in the clinical piece. I would tell them, here's what's going on, especially emotionally. You're being emotionally hijacked here in this moment. How can we find a way to temper, you know, to temper that so you can actually have a conversation and communicate and get an outcome that is healthy and beneficial? But if you are appealing to something different and, and he or she is, you're gonna, it's not gonna work. It's yeah. gonna be messed up, you know. So it's yeah. So I think I love this idea of father, father found a father found a foundation, man. Yes, and, and that's the thing um, you said um, about being on the same page. Yeah. I was just talking about that today. You know, it's important to be on the same page. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people, instead of fighting, try to communicate because communicate is essential to me. Telling you how you feel, what you're thinking, um, what that can help the other person um, better. Like when I own my Ten Commandments of Intimacy book, and I talked about the commune intimacy. We don't read minds, ladies. That's why you have to verbalize things yeah. that on your mind, that bothers you, that offends you, or just what you're thinking. We need to be on the same page, but I can't, I won't, we can't get on the same page if you don't improve your communication skills. And so what happens is, see, when you're on the same page, man, it's you go in a great direction. And then you know what's indicator that you on the same page is like let's say um a a, a couple right a, a, a person could be on the other side of town and they'll call home and say now the most craziest combination of food i want a peanut butter and onion sandwich and the person was saying you know what I was just thinking about trying something different. I'm going to cook you a peanut butter onion sandwich. And weird, but y'all was on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this example, like you say, I wanted this for dinner. And they was just making that for you dinner. Because mm -hmm. these are the things, instead of you spending 
time fighting against each other yeah. to spend time to cultivate and, and, and develop and empower that relationship. Therefore, both parties are empowered, therefore empowering the relationship. Yeah. But you got to put the energy in trying to communicate and help each other and be on the same page. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just going to be a bunch of conflict. And that's why I think it's so important. Like, you know, I, um, my wife and I, we, as I mentioned before, we have been together for 38 years. And, you know, it's, it's to me, it's a great accomplishment, right? But I think I gave God all the credit for that. But because yeah. I think there's something about what us is that we are on the same page in the idea of how we, you know, we don't agree all across the board and everything, right? Because you know, how I, my style of raising our children was different from hers, mm -hmm. how she grew up and what mm -hmm. she came to the table with, <laughs> what I came with the table. But we got to figure out, we figured a way, okay, how can we then take parts of what she has brought up and grew, grew up with and mm -hmm. parts of what I was, I, I grew up with and combine mm -hmm. for ourselves that works for us. So we, I didn't get all that I wanted as how I would see parenting should be. She uh -huh. didn't get all that she wanted, but we get all that we needed to raise our children together. So we yeah. were on the same page. And sometimes getting on the same page may take some some work. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take some, you know, recognizing that, you know, it's not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get all that I want, right? And you're not gonna get all that you want. Yes. But my thing is always the relationship gets all that it needs. needs. Yes. Right. right? And that's a key thing. So if the relationship get all that it needs, we're gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that you said that because sometimes in relationships, everybody they, people want to feel good all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna feel good all the time, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes you have to fight past your ego. You got to yes. fight past the struggles yeah. and get to what's important, and that is yeah. the need of the relationship. Yeah. Not always the wants, but the yeah. needs. And the need is for you guys to be on the same page, to yeah. communicate and respect and love one another. Mm -hmm. But people always want the good feelings. And sometimes mm -hmm. when, again, people come out of different backgrounds. So sometimes if you didn't have that, that order, that structure, that foundation, the father, the founder, and the yeah. foundation, and this other person did, it, sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah. And I think it's, it's best to, to just try your best to just pay attention to the details and look at what's working and put the ego and the pride aside yes and go aside because a lot of times you know you can see success <laughs> you can see it's work but you know sometimes i'm not going to do it even though i know it's right i'm not going <laughs> to do it and that's detrimental to a functioning relationship yeah yeah uh, and that's where i think i think i love the words you uh, you mentioned the idea our ego and our pride i was talking to someone a client just um recently i said to this person i said hey, you know what um i, I hear what you're saying but I said, I'm going to just tell you what I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I said to this person, I said, your ego and your pride gets in yes. the way. And the person said yes. to me, man, you're calling me out. I said, like, oh, you know, yeah. I said, I'm here to help you because I said, this is going to be the thing that keeps you from the, your best self. You got to figure a way. How do you then temper your ego and, and get your pride out of the way? The last time I checked, pride comes before a fall. So yes. if your pride is going to still be there, it's going to take you down. So I said, yes. now, it prevents you from getting um, intimacy. It prevents yes. you from getting a chance to, to get a person to get to know you and you to know them because your pride mm -hmm. gets in the way. And yes. so the person, man, man, you, you called me out. I said, and I said, but it was at, at the end, I said, thank you. Thank you for calling me out because you know what? You're right. You're right. Accountability. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and what we do, we're going to go into accountability and also we're going to go on ego and pride. But what I'm going to do is 
Um, take a quick minute for station identification, and we'll be right back with Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swall. Tune in and stream live now. Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave, the podcast, is now being broadcast on NPN Voice. NPN Voice can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now on Audible and Amazon Music and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swab, the podcast, now on NPN Voice. NPN Voice, got voice, you heard? We're shining bright. And we're shining the light on us like no other. Neighborhood planet, our neighborhood, our world. and a very special guest, Mr. Kingsley Grant, as we talk about the father, the founder, and the foundation, man. We just have been a, a incredible time with our very special guest, man. We just really enjoying ourselves. And um, again, when we left off, we was talking about um, ego and pride and <clears throat> the um, accountability I want to talk <laughs> about. So what I notice is, and, and I tell people, y'all can quote me on this, uh, Dr. Brother Swall would always say, never let your ego be bigger than your accomplishment. But when it comes to a foundation of a relationship, your ego should not be bigger than the need of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Accountability, apologizing, mm-hmm. respecting, and understanding our love language. A lot of times, you know, like ladies' love um, language is different from our language. I, and I'm not speaking for all guys. I just know if I'm going to stereotype, I think most men, respect is our love language. And I think respect is more important to us than someone saying they love us. Yeah. Because our love is actions. And the actions is showing us to respect, giving us our just due, acknowledging what we do. Because men, we're motivated by doing what's in the best interest of our families. Yeah. We will work 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah. We go to war for our families and leave. And, and all we do is take our knives, our guns, and a bottle of water to fight war for our family. Yeah. You know, so we need that respect. We have to have that respect. And we desire that respect. Mm-hmm. That's our love language. Mm-hmm. And if, for anybody who's a guy or a man, if you feel offended by that, I apologize for speaking for you. But that's my generalization of how I know 
men in my space to be. Our love yeah. language is respect. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so what happens is um, you can't be so prideful that you can't apologize. And again, as I say, your your ego should not be bigger than your accomplishments. And so you can't sit there and say, I'm not going to do this. And knowing is detrimental to the relationships. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, when we have these conversations, these dialogues and these discussions, trust, this is no bashing. But I see men who know how to be men. We are accountable for our actions. There's no back and forth. I stand corrected. I'm wrong. Like I was listening to you uh, with a gentleman who didn't have the self-awareness or the insight that he had this issue with pride and ego. Mm-hmm. But as the professional bring it to his attention, yeah. it was immediate accountability. Yeah. And I don't know how you see it, but my female counterpart, I don't really see that collectively mm-hmm. in ladies when it comes to accountability. And it seems like it's a struggle. Yeah. I think and I think you know where the struggle comes from in some instances. I find that um it's like don't tell me what to do. You know, don't try to be the boss of me. Don't try to be the that to kind of lord it over me. And this this is the mentality sometimes that they may have been uh, handed from some place where somebody who've been hurt have had some experiences that have caused them to pass that on. Where I think sometimes where some women struggle with this because when they they feel like if they respect or to to um. Uh, to, to their pride or their ego gets into play into play is because they're trying to to protect something they're trying to protect either a reputation or protect a tribal language that's been handed to them by other other women as well they had to keep that going right so I think sometimes we're going back to the, even if I was to flip that flip this, the the, uh, the meaning of pride and respect and what you were saying earlier about going to war for our families and what we men do and we'd love to be you know for us but we also take pride in that, right? So this is the other side of pride. We take pride in that. And if our wives only understood, we take pride and our ego keeps, it's, it becomes a, the, 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 the gasoline to our fire that we want, you to, right? we want you to know that, I mean, we take pride in protecting and providing for you. We, we, we want our ego to be stroked to say, you know, you're a man, that's my man kind of thing. We feed on that. That's very healthy and it's important, right? So I think what happens is sometimes they, they don't see that and they think like, I don't want to, I don't want to um, feed his ego. I don't want to get his head too big. But no, get it big because we're gonna protect, we're gonna use it yes. for your own protection. So get it big as big as you wanna get it as big as you wanna, because you're gonna be uh the recipient of that, you know. Yes, and I think to be honest with you, I think it's collectively because I see more poor choices than good choices. I think their assessment um when it comes to the male counterpart, I don't think they make really good decisions and assessments to see. If this is a responsible, driven uh, person who's, like I put it in the book, re- responsible, reliable, reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember all of them in my book. I wrote it, but I just, but still, responsible, reliable, and reasonable. So they end up watching. This is what hurts them because they they make a poor decision and bad assessment of that person's character. Yeah. So they say, well, you know what? I'm going to put the ball and everything in your hands. And you're going to be thinking he's supposed to know this stuff, but he, how are you going to learn it through osmosis if he wasn't taught? So what they do is just say, well, he's a man. Yeah. I realize he's a male. 
Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you're supposed to do this and assuming yeah. that he knows this. And so what happens is when he's, she's let down and he drops the ball in every area of that leadership role and she gave it to him, she put all her trust in it. And then she's is hurt and have regrets and nobody else, everybody else is suffering as a result of her poor decisions on that dude because he wasn't a man. He wasn't responsible. He wasn't reliable. He wasn't reasonable. Yeah. And so you understand? So a lot of them be like, oh, y'all, y'all not. No, we are. You just haven't had that encounter with one. You just dealt with that because you're looking at the external. You're not looking in an internal. You're not looking at the person. That's why I always sit there and say, if you dated this dude and he's at this age, he doesn't have shelter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have transportation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a, a job or some type of skill. What do you think? Remember, we learned about in quantitative methods. What are the probability of that being working out? <laughs> How do you think that's going to turn out? It's a possibility it will, mm-hmm. but what are the probabilities? Yeah. And they don't really evaluate. That's what I'm saying. They don't really evaluate these relationships. There's no coincidence that this is constantly happening. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence. Let's try to because yes, people can have mistakes and have children on a well up. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the burden is on a lady because not only she's carrying them, not only she's take not having any support, not only she's uh, having to cover everything in terms of medical and physically taking care of the child, daycare, and all the finances, but it's that eternal thing of being angry that you made a mad mistake instead of. You know, being mad at them because they made a poor need to really say, I made a poor decision. Now I'm angry. And so this goes in a phenomenon of hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Because they're hurt because they know that's a that's a heavy responsibility to do that. And then they carry it for nine months. Nine months and not having any support. That's some built up stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. some built up stuff. Yeah. You know, I think I think it goes back to the found the, the, the foundation piece of the what you're talking about tonight. Because I think Sometimes if, if a person doesn't have a good foundation, yeah. right, then even that, in, um, that um, yeah, what you're talking about just now about that, that mom, because really if a, um, that dad, that father who is fathering that child had mm-hmm. a proper, solid foundation yes. and understand his responsibility and the reliable man that go back to your, your, the R's you were just mentioning just now, then he's going to stand up and he's going to be yes. accountable. He's going to be there for her, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. the foundation is, is really going to look back on the foundation. And if it's not in place proper, those <laughs> are the fallouts you're going to have. And that's why I think it's so important to look at the foundation. And that's why I, even when I do premarital counseling, I would take uh, the, the couple and say, hey, let's look at the foundation on both sides. You need to be aware of this. This is where this person is coming from. This is where you're coming from. It needs to be very much aware on both sides because you have to make a decision. Knowing the foundation that the way you know it, you're saying, I'm going to sign up for this thing. But understand that if the house starts crumbling and the foundation wasn't in place, that because you built on the, on, the wrong, on, the, on the wrong foundation because you think you could change it, right? You think you could change it because you say, you know, I, I change him, I change her. No, no, that foundation that's in place. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be coming as a, you gotta be really, really good and take a miracle to change that foundation. You ain't gonna yeah. change that because they grew up with it, they've lived it, they've normalized it. 
Yes, and now you're gonna you, you're gonna change it. Now come on. So you find the make sure the foundation is what you want before you kind of try to build the house together on it. You know. Absolutely. And and speaking of foundation, you know, we look at the social, we look at the spiritual, but even the clinical. And this is when it comes to early childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, when you understand a child had, had a foundation that was stable, the foundation yeah. was dealing with alcohol abuse, violence, and they never addressed it. Right. So they go their whole life. And that foundation was so toxic, so mm -hmm. chaotic, so violent and filled with trauma. Yeah. And they never addressed it. Yeah. So when the person coupled with them, their foundation, like you said, yeah. their foundation was that. They have normalized violence. They have normalized disrespect, have normalized um, not order and not addressing the need of themselves yeah. and their mental health. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, when you mentioned about the clinical side, I was at a client uh, several years ago that we were working through some things and I was a male client. And, you know, he said, man, I, I don't know why I found myself where every relationship I'm in, and he was married at the time. He said, you know, but I found myself just, I, I was hard to be satisfied just with my wife. And he just see this pattern over and over again. We started to pull back the, um, you know, peel it back things. And he yes. said, he started telling me, you know what? When he was a, a child, he was sexually molested, right, um, by a woman. And as he grew up, he saw his mom also get in some relationship where she was being taken advantage of. And then his, how his mom related to him, he lost respect for his mom from the way she was having one relationship after another. He was sexually molested, saw his mom that way. So all mothers, all female for him was like no longer respect for females. So he had his foundation was built on, I don't respect women. They're just to be used for one thing. And for him was a sexual, it was, he objectified them sexually. Yeah. So everything he did was from a sexual objective standpoint. Mm -hmm. Even when he got married, he still, I said, tell me about your relationship now. He said, I, I, to be honest, to be completely honest, I see my wife not as a wife, as a woman. I see her just really, I said, and I say with tears down his eyes, I see her to a sexual lens. Yes. Right? So his foundation was tarnished yes. because of what he experienced as a child, but also what he saw his mom did and how he said, I don't, he, he resolved at that time, I'll never trust women and I never respect them. So it's from one relationship, another relationship after another relationship. And when I was talking to him and he, it was almost an aha moment, it clicked and he said, I made a decision and he told me the time when he made a decision. So I made a decision about that, about women that I never, ever going to trust them or respect them. And so that's all he did, even up until marriage. Mm -hmm. And when that light bulb went on for him, he said, you know what? He started weeping in the office said, man, I now realize why it was so hard for me to just be able to be with my wife and to trust her as a person and to value her beyond just for the sex I got. Yes. And that was our turning moment for him because again, foundation yeah. and the clinical side was able, to, uh, was able to unpack for him what he never saw the connection and connect, connecting the dots until that <coughs> day. And that became a turning point for him. And I can tell you, he went away from that day and said, you know what? Wow. And I can tell you, things turned around and began to turn. He went and confessed to his wife and, and, and weeping and and asking her to forgive him because he realized that it really just 
is its foundation that was was kind of uh, warped, and so yes. it became very difficult for him. You know, um, as you and I spoke on the last time you were the guest, when we were talking about the people who are not trained professionals coming up with the misuse of mental health diagnosis, and this is why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, to go to professionals. And I know podcasting, I know we have a lot of novices out there who learn and get information through social media and reading through certain things, <coughs> different platforms. You guys, <coughs> excuse me, kudos to you, do a great job. But the thing is, the training and those things that you may see as intangibles, this is what the skilled professional has yeah. the ability to do because you're not, we're not doing surface talking. Right. We're being able to, like, like you say, time and grade, we're putting that time in and we're learning how to diagnose with the skills we have and through probing and gaining all this information. That's why a lot of times these professionals, these people, they don't know about provisional diagnosis. That's just mm -hmm. an initial. See, they just sit there. See, that's just what provisional and we get more. And that's why we have the authority to change the diagnosis and say, hey, I, I got more information and this is a more accurate diagnosis. But that's the saying. So you guys going to these people, listen, I'm not knocking you. It's just like religion or you do whatever that, that you think is good, but don't underestimate the abilities yeah. of professionals, trained professionals. As you see what he just said, mm -hmm. he probably, I don't know how, he could have been seen in two or three months, four months. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he had to pull because he had to build trust. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you know, for a person to have their epiphanies yeah. is as a result of that skilled professional. See, that epiphany would never have been verbalized if that professional wouldn't have had the skills and the yeah. tools to maneuver to get the real answers and how mm -hmm. he could be transparent. Mm -hmm. It's just like I think about one of my patients, he had got diagnosed by a person, <clears throat> a psychiatrist, and he diagnosed him for this. But you know how sometimes they do them, them quick assessments. They, they yeah. get paid yeah. a lot of I'm not knocking psychiatrists. I'm just saying no. they get paid a lot of money. <laughs> but I don't know if they do, a, you know, <laughs> but I'm not knocking them because, you know, they get so good and they just don't put the time. Yeah. But nevertheless, this case meant a lot to me, and I put a lot of time in it, and I respected him, and I talked to him. You know, I wasn't doing anything about what he was there for. I just was building rapport. Yeah. Talking about the dolphins and stuff like that, just building rapport. Well, to make a long story short, found out he did something fatal to his family at five years old. Mm. Not giving a real age, but you know. Yeah. That significantly impacted him and his perception of life through that early childhood trauma. Yeah. So therefore, that person gave a completely wrong di diagnosis because he didn't even know this person killed mm -hmm. their family member. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. they didn't take the time to pull right. that information. Right. So I'm telling you, it's vital. It's very yeah. vital to pull this information and get out. Listen, yeah. uh, this time actually went entirely too fast. I know, man. Um, really, really, it did. Uh, so what I want you to do, because listen, you guys know, um, Kingsley is absolutely amazing. Um, we graduated together in grad school. Um, he was one of the best students out there. 
Um, I think we was only two guys in in a, in a program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more female dominated um, yeah, field, it's a right? Female saturated profession. But the bottom line is, we change lives. And yeah. so, um, tell them how they can contact you. Make sure, sure you tell them about um, the services and, and, and your podcast and yeah. and how they can contact you if they happen to um, need you. Yeah. And let them know where you, what state and what city you're in. Of course. No, thank you so much for this um, opportunity. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it very much. So m- mine is very simple. So uh, at Kingsley Grant and all social media, at Kingsley Grant at social me- and all social media platform. And my, my website is kingsleygrant.com. So it's very simple. This is my name, kingsleygrant.com. My podcast is Happier Marriage Secrets Podcast. So if you go on any podcast platform, you can see uh, my podcast mm-hmm. and you can um, you know, have a, a number of uh, almost 60, uh, 60 shows already under, under that topic of uh, relationship and marriages and what makes marriages. Uh, my whole, um, my, my mission is to um, eradicate unhappiness from marriages. So you will hear a lot of those topics mm-hmm. there. My YouTube channel, just Kingsley Grant. I cover a lot of topics there in my shorts and my full videos. So you can go there and just consume as much as you want to. And all the contact information is right there on my website and also when you listen to my podcast or my web, my YouTube, it'll tell you how to contact me. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share that as well. Yes, yes. Listen, um, hope you guys um, enjoyed it. Make sure you tell your friends, your family members, your associates to join us every Wednesday at 8.30 on NPN TV on, our, on Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. It's, it's you know, we, we cover a lot of different topics. And for myself, if you're interested in some trauma coaching, some relationship coaching, um, go to my um, website, um, brotherswab.com. You have different different services, products, and everything. But um, thank you. Thank you, Kingsley. Thank you. Thank I you, appreciate man. you, man. I love you. Likewise, you're man. an amazing brother. And um, listen, just remember, great minds reach great places. I love you. I mean it. Bye-bye.
NPN Voice. Got voice. You heard?